Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, November 15th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? You're probably thinking, well, Jesus, Bill, you usually have a little more fucking energy than that. You usually have a little more volume. You know, to watch I say, stop fucking nitpicking. All right? You ever think that maybe... Just maybe I'm in a hotel room right now and I can't scream cunt at the top of my lungs. Um, I am currently, uh, I am in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. By the time you hear this, I'll be back though. Um, One of my favorite cities. And what sucked was I, you know, I just got here, landed, you know, had to do two shows and then went to the Packers game and I didn't get to do all the shit that I wanted to do. But the good thing is I'm going to get to, I'm going to come back and do it another time. And next time I'm going to bring my wife here. I love this fucking place. But anyways, I had a great, great time out here, man. Um, first things first, I got to give a shout out to another uh, rapidly becoming one of my favorite cities, Detroit, Michigan. Um, I love that city. I like all of those fucking places they call the Rust Belt and all that shit. I like all of those. And just watching all of these cities, you know, Pittsburgh came back, Cleveland came back, and now you're seeing Detroit's heading in that direction. It's a really cool thing to see. And um, we played the Fox Theater, absolutely legendary, legendary place. And the sound, I can't even tell you how amazing the sound was. The crowds were amazing. And, you know, everybody's just psyched to be out. And I just felt in the best way the crowd was like just egging me on to be more of an idiot than I usually am, which is fun. You know what I mean? I had a great time. Sorry, I'm reaching for something here. I don't want the fucking cord to fall here. Um, And, you know, when the sound is what it should be, you know, that's when you can really, you know, Take them on a ride because then you don't have to feel like you just got to be up there. Like if you can't hear yourself, you think you got to like, they, then you think the crowd can't hear you. And then you, after a while you realize, all right, I'm blowing out my voice. They're laughing. They can hear me. So I need to just deal with the fact that I can't hear myself. And then there's nights like in Detroit at the Fox Theater where, you know what I mean? It's like they turned on the lightsaber. So now you can bring your voice down. You can take them on a little fucking weird sinister thing or whatever and then bring it back up and do the shit joke or whatever. You take them on a fucking ride. So um, just absolutely, absolutely incredible, incredible crowds. Um, I got a little bit of Detroit pizza. I went touristy, you know. Next time I'll dive a little deeper. I went to Buddy's. I know it's a chain. I know that. Oh, why'd you go to Buddy's, dude? You should have gone to fucking Mario's, whatever. Hey, I guess I'll just have to come back again. You know, am I supposed to hit every place at the same time? So uh, went there, had a great time. Um, Nate Bargazzi and Mike Vecchione were playing the MGM, so we got to hang out, you know. And um, just had a fucking blast hanging out with them. And I stayed in a really cool hotel. And, uh, you know, it was fucking hilarious. You know, Detroit throughout the years has just literally looked like, you know, it looks like the end of the world. You remember how fucked up it was when people actually quarantined or were supposed to quarantine or whatever in the beginning of the pandemic and just cities just looked like ghost towns? Like, that's what their shit looked like. (laughs) 
was like fucking like zombies had come in and eaten everybody and they had gone to bed until night and you were just walking around during the day like where the fuck is everybody man it was a um fascinating fucking place to be there's been a few like that like cincinnati had a little bit of that vibe i'm going back i've been on the road forever guys i've been doing this for like 30 years so like it's sort of the you know before computers and growing weed started bringing some money in or whatever the fuck happened or you know people from china and russia trying to hide their money in glass towers over here whatever happened i don't know what but um these places are starting to come back, which is which is great, you know. So, um, so this time I was there. I was staying in this the hotel, and uh, I fucking uh, you know I opened the curtain to see what my view is, and I'm looking across. I got there at night. I took the red eye in, and there was just like a bunch of lofts with no curtains for whatever reason, just like wide open. I was. I felt like uh, Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window, and I'm just looking at somebody sitting on a couch watching TV. There's another one. There's a woman sitting there on a computer. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, cl- <laughs> I close the curtain, <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is the beginning. When the city comes back, you know the Soto Sopas. I always refer to that South Park now legendary episode for me, the one about gentrification, and everything, trying to bring white people back. White people love lofts, you know. In South Park, you know, you got to get the Whole Foods to validate yourself or whatever. I don't know. They got something going on there because there was just a bunch of fucking, you know, white people in these lofts. And it was still so new they didn't have curtains, I guess. I remember like like I was there for two days. And at some point during the second day, I opened up the curtain to get some light in there because I keep fucking losing my mask, right? Where did I put it? Is it in my jacket pocket? Is it fucking over here? You know, it's my, it's my new cell phone, the new thing I'm trying to search for. So I open it up, and who doesn't? I mean, I'm white. I love a loft. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making it racial, like only white people like lofts. But I just remember always throughout all these movies that I watch, all the way back to like Kevin Bacon and Quicksilver. Anytime you lived in a city, they always had these giant fucking lofts, and they're riding bicycles around them. And everybody looked like they were struggling, but you knew they had money, you know? Um, sort of like uh, poverty chic sort of look. And now, of course, those things are, you know, I guess artists used to stay in them down in Soho, started down there in New York, I think, and now they're worth like a zillion bucks. I don't know what happened. So anyway, so I was going to like window shop. I figured it was during the day. No one was going to be home. And there was like a glare on my window or another person's window. And I was looking down this apartment. And I was like, kind of looks like a woman's face. I kind of moved a little bit. I realized it was just a woman looking right back up at me, and I was looking, like, right back down at her. It was one of the freakiest fucking th- I felt like I was in the ring or something. I just shut the curtain. I was just like, you know, nowadays, I'm like, oh, fuck, is she going to feel not safe? Is she going to, like, report me and stuff? It was like I wasn't leering at her. I was trying to make out what I was looking at. Not for nothing. She was fucking staring at me. All right, speaking of which, I'm not going to say who this was. All right? Because it's this person's story. Um, all right, how do I do this? We were hanging out. We went to a, a cigar bar in Detroit. Had a great time, met some great people. And uh, they were saying how the cigar bar was, was actually on a, a suspension bridge. 
the owner came over and he was talking all about it. And I guess he helped design the place and everything. So we're listening to all of that shit. And uh, there was this other guy over there. And he had, and like, right, I'm just going to tell the story. He had this fucking chick with him and she was just like attending to his every need, right? And he was sitting there, you know, one of those portly guys you could tell was going to get the gout, you know? He wasn't a heart attack guy. He was a gout guy, you know, rich food, drinking the wine and shit. His toes were going to be on fire, you know, before he hits 35, right? So this woman is just sort of hanging with, on him. And I'm thinking like, wow, that's amazing. He's got like an old school chick there. Like she's just like the level of attention that she's given this guy. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous, you know, rubbing his shoulders and stuff. I'm like, Wow. Yeah, you, you never see that, right? So then she kind of left and like didn't come back and everything. Then I was like, wait a minute, does she like work here? Is that like a fucking option or something? I, I couldn't, I could not figure out what was going on. So anyway, we're fucking hanging out in there, whatever. Guys are having some drinks and shit. I don't drink anymore. Long story short, somebody maybe has a couple, two, three, too many. We all go back to the hotel and said person is, uh, you know, goes to sleep. They're fucking butt ass naked. They wake up. They got to take a piss. Right. So it's dark. They don't see too good. They're feeling around for the fucking door. And they finally find the bathroom door. They open the door and they shut it behind them. And then they quickly realize they're not in the bathroom. He was out in the hallway. <laughs> Fucking butt-ass naked out in the hallway of the hotel. Like some wacky sketch, but it was real. So I was like, dude, what did you do? He goes, what can I do? He goes, I just covered my junk with my hands, and I just started walking down to the fucking front desk. Fucking butt-ass naked. He goes down there, and it was like 3 in the morning, so he's thinking, well, maybe it'd just be the person who works the front desk, and God willing, it's a guy, and I'll be all right. He goes down there. There's like 10 people there, and he comes walking around the corner. Everybody's like, oh, hey, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> freaking out and he's so chill he's just like hey, i thought i was in the bathroom i just need like a key and everybody just starts laughing they give him a key they start escorting him back up and some woman slapped him on the ass <laughs> this is my favorite part he wasn't even embarrassed like the next day, he was just walking around, talking, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Like, I would be mortified. I would just be like, I have to check out of here because I'm naked guy. I got to get the, he just completely didn't give a shit. Nobody cared. And it was, uh, I don't know. It's all how you carry yourself. Um, but Jesus Christ, fucking crying, laughing. Um, and I love that the woman slapped him on his ass when he left too. And we were all laughing too, going, can you imagine if it was the other way around if you did that? But I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, there's a physical strength difference. I get it. I get it. It's a different thing, but it was fucking hilarious. So um, anyway, and then we just did uh, three shows at the Fox. You know, uh, always think of Chris Cornell when I'm there. Um, it's the last place he performed, uh, unfortunately. And uh, so you definitely feel like, what am I doing here how do i deserve to be here and you hear that sound and the people the fucking detroit comedy fans are fucking unbelievable i'm just gonna say that and that that place was incredible and it's it just shot to the uh 
top of the list of my favorite places to play. I've been there before, but I don't know. I don't know where my act was at. And then also, you know, it takes a certain type of, you know, adjustment to play a place like that and to feel like you should be there. So this time I came out there and I just, you know, I'd done it before. You know, I didn't feel like uh, how I was feeling before, like Jesus Christ. I think I probably looked up the people that had played there and I got a little shook or whatever. But anyway, this time it went great. So then we, uh, we fly over to uh, Milwaukee and I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm meeting all my buddies, you know, my knucklehead friends from high school and shit. And I'm just like, you know, because we're going to go to the, uh, they're going to come out to the show and then we're going to go up to uh, Lambeau the next day to go to the Green Bay uh, fucking uh, Seattle Seahawks game. Right. So, you know, and during that time, somehow we're going to take a steam at the Fister Hotel, my favorite fucking hotel. I know it's a it's an unfortunate name, but it's the Fister family, P-F-I-S-T-E-R. And it's got the sickest steam. And right as we were pulling up, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, should I book? We're getting here on a Saturday shit because I've never had to book a steam there. Of course, we get there and they're all booked up and I didn't get a chance to get a steam. So I was bummed out by that. I was here with Nate Craig, who's a Wisconsin guy. You know, I love milkshakes. He goes, I'm going to get you a custard. He wouldn't even call it a shake. He goes, we got up here. It's called a custard and get you one. Didn't have time. We had to do two shows. Don't worry. We'll get it tomorrow on the way to Lambo. All right. Didn't get, we never fucking got him. Then I know this place to get great brats. We didn't have time. Didn't get him. It just, there was just not enough fucking time. But what we did do is go to the Uli Cigar Shop um, like we did last time. And they let us come in there and hang out. I bought some cigars and I got to catch up, you know, with some family members and some high school buddies of mine. And we just laughed our asses off. And, uh, and then we fucking go up the next, you know, we went out and we did two shows. The crowds were great. Uh, had one knucklehead both shows. You know, there was some woman in the front row. I mean, she just was not laughing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I am saying the shit I'm saying, so I get it, right? And she was just sitting there just staring at me like so glumly, this look of pain on her face. And I'm just thinking like, why doesn't she just leave, right? (laughs) I just don't understand. You know what I mean? White women, for some reason, when they don't like something, they won't leave. It, they, they can't just be like, okay, this is not for me. They, it, they, the, everything has to change. Everybody around them is enjoying it, but they're not enjoying it. So the whole thing has to stop. Like I sort of saw a glimpse of something that happened to some comic where some white woman came up on the fucking stage and was just standing there. And, and as usual, the absolutely horrific security at a fucking comedy club. Um, so anyway, I'm getting into my final fucking 10 minutes. She's in the front row and she has her head in her hands looking down at the floor. And at that point, I'm like, did she take some edibles? Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but like I... I'm seasoned enough now that I never even fucking addressed it. And I was just like, well, everybody else is having a good time. And she has free will to get up and fucking walk out of here. So I, you know, had a great time. And right as I was getting to the closer, she, she got up and the guy she was with got up and they walked out, which was fucking hilarious to me because it's like you literally had 90 minutes <laughs> to, 
Well, I mean, I wasn't on for that long. I was on for like an hour, 10, hour and 15, but you had well over a fucking hour to just stand up and leave. Um, I don't know. Maybe she was sick. She looked like she fucking, you know, just lost a playoff series in the end. Like the level of drama was, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a little disturbing. So to the point, like I'm doing my shit and I'm thinking in my head, like, did she just get a text that something's going on bad at home or something? You know, did she just get dragged to the show? So anyway, but the you know, rest of the crowd, everybody had a great time and that was it. And then I fucking, uh, the next show I do, crowd's even fucking better. And, you know, my friends already saw me on the first show, so I was winging it, fucking around, so it really freed me up. And I had an even better set on the second show. I was fucking having a great time. And then they just had the commenter down front trying to guess where I was going and blah, 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 and just so wanted to be a part of the show. So I ignore this guy. I ignore this guy, and I'm catch- I caught a zone, and I'm just, the set is just it's flying. Just flying. Clear skies, everything's great. 30 years of experience. No one else can hear the guy. Don't say anything. And then I'm doing this corporate guy where I'm saying, you know, when you have great sound, you can bring your voice down and say all this crazy shit. And I'm in the middle of that stuff. And this guy's trying to guess the punchline. And I just, I don't know, the old me came up. I just snapped. (laughs) I was like, will you shut the fuck up? Will you shut the fuck up? And he stands up. Oh, oh, oh. Couldn't wait to stand up. Couldn't wait to stand up. I go, stop acting like you don't know what you're doing. Shut the fuck up. And he was trying to talk. I just going, shut the fuck up. Sit down and shut the fuck up. You've been talking the whole fucking show. Just a complete 100% attention whore. So then I fucked up all the momentum I had. You know, probably fucked up the end of the show a little bit. <laughs> and then the, the self-involved douche. I almost started laughing. He was sitting there with like this hurt look on his face. Um, you know, it's just like, dude, if you're that much of an attention whore, do what I do. Go down to a fucking open mic, write five minutes of joke, but shut the, oh, I forgot another guy when I was in Detroit. I was towards the end of my act. This guy just goes, hey, Bill, 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 Bill. And I go, what? He goes, it's always been a dream of mine to hug you or something like that. I was just like, all right, well, unfortunately, sir, I don't share your dream. Right? And I just fucking, I don't even know what the hell happened with that guy. I think some people, you know, they know where I'm from and then they watch Goodwill Hunting too many times and then they think that they're just going to fucking start saying, you know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I'm going to like collapse and cry in their arms. I don't know what the fuck. It was really weird. There was like one weirdo. I did five shows and I had three weirdos. But everybody else was unbelievable. And I want to thank. Everyone in Detroit and Milwaukee that came out, um, just, you know, good Lord. I mean, just as far as back-to-back cities to do for comedy, that's, a, that's about as good as it gets, man. It was, I, had, I could not have had a better time. So then along comes uh, Sunday, you know, and we got Seattle versus the fucking Seahawks. And on the way up, we got the Patriots game on. And by the way, is it me or are the New England Patriots the 6-4 and four team no one wants to play? Isn't that what they always say? Bill Belichick in November. I don't give a fuck. Other than the, the team he had like last year 
which we would just, you know, all of a sudden Tom Brady's gone. We're trying to get used to Cam Newton, you know, who I liked, but, you know, he had nobody to throw to. Um, I heard today they were using him like a fucking wildcat offense or something like that. It's like, can you give this guy a break? He's fucking 35 or whatever. (laughs) Get somebody to throw the fucking ball to. So anyway, uh, we were watching the game and they just fucking destroyed, absolutely destroyed and outclassed. You know, one of those things where like the coach, I bet, of the other team was just like, uh, you know, can't make any excuses. You know, we they, we got beat on both sides of the ball. You know, they came out there. Uh, they, they were ready to play and we weren't. So, you know, hats off to them. And uh, we're not going to stand here and make any excuses. And uh, But, you know, we're going to put this one behind us. You know, we're going to have a good week of practice. And we're going to go out there and uh, get after it next week because uh, that's all we know how to do around here. Coach so-and-so, are you going to have to put your house up for sale? Um, anyway, so we go to Lambeau Field, like the holy grail of, uh, you know, football stadiums. This is the only one left. I would say Soldier Field, too, but, like, Soldier Field is like, you know, like when a... Uh, one of those real housewives goes out and just gets too much plastic surgery, just gets like frozen face. Like if frozen face was a football stadium. <laughs> I mean, they had one of the baddest no fuck around stadiums, soldier field with those fucking columns. And just, I mean, it was just, it was something to behold. And I actually got to go to a game there before they changed it. And then, the poor people of Chicago always said it looked like they landed a spaceship on top of the fucking place because they just built something on top of it. It's just, it was, uh, yeah, it was just a complete clash. You know, it reminded me as I was driving out of Detroit, some landlord built the biggest fucking bootleg two family I ever saw. It was one of those great old houses in Detroit that had a big porch around the front like a wraparound porch. And this guy built an enclosed staircase that went up the side of the porch right along the front of the house and entered the middle of the front of the house. You know, and he put gutters on it too, you know? (laughs) So it's like up to code. It was the ugliest thing I ever saw. And and uh, and I was trying to think when they entered upstairs, did they enter through a walk-in closet or was it like a shared bathroom? You know, like those in those old houses, they have like the, the double entry, like the old Brady Bunch house, which was a mid-century. These, this was an older house than that. Um, so anyway, we're, uh, we're going up to uh, Lambeau Field, and this is my third attempt to see a game there. I did see a preseason game with Brett Favre a long time ago where he played the Browns, and uh, I don't know what it was like. He played like, half the first quarter and that was it and uh i was playing the skyline cafe in appleton wisconsin i went over to that game i think or i maybe i did was doing some college gigs up there so then the next time i went up there i had tickets for either the, the sunday night game and it was me bartnick and verzi and we were all fucking psyched to go to the game 
And at that time, I was in the middle of, you know, we got the tickets and then I booked an acting gig and I was in the middle of shooting this thing. So they let me do the gig. But then right after the gig, I had to fly right back. So I had to say goodbye to them knowing they were going to Lambeau because I had to shoot, you know, I had an early call Monday in Atlanta. So I had to fly and I missed that game. So I'm finally getting up there. All right. You know, fucking Green Bay versus Seattle. And uh, I'm all fucking excited for the game and everything. I can't believe I'm going in and it's snowing. There's snow flurries on the way up. And I'm playing like the music from fucking NFL films, you know. We're all laughing, talking about growing up watching NFL films, just having a fucking great time. So we get in there, we got the perfect seats. We're on like the 45 yard line, right at the, the last row of the original stadium. Because <clears throat> that was big to me. I, wa- I wanted to sit, um, you know, in the original stadium. And by the way, the way they added on, it looks fucking great. The stadium is amazing. And the fans were awesome. Everybody up there was super polite. And it's just, it's just like, and it was just like going to the movies. You know, you're like, I can't wait to see this movie. There's nobody loud sitting next to me. And all of a sudden, this fucking Seattle Seahawk fan comes in. Okay. And it was just like, you know, couldn't hold his alcohol. And he was just coming. He's like, ah, fuck the Packers. And he was just sort of giving the finger to nobody, like both hands like throwing punches with the finger, you know, oh, like I'm the crazy guy. And everybody's just sort of looking at him. And then they were introducing the, the uh, you know, the Packers, you know, number, you know, fucking 12, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, fuck you, suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a dick, like doing that. There's like kids around and stuff, just a, being a complete ass. And I'm like, oh, this guy's not going to last. Yeah, I'm looking around. And people in Green Bay, they're decent people. They're polite people. They're not doing anything. But every, all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing the wrestlers, the football players. The people are not to be fucked with. Start, like, turning around, looking at this guy. And me and Nate are just laughing, going, like, this isn't going to end well. And he's, like, fucking hitting people on top of their little fucking pom-poms. Going, I don't like you. I don't like you. Fuck you. Oh, the fucking he was just an idiot. So finally, you know, I'm like, you know, he starts saying shit to me and I'm just like, dude, I've been trying to go to this for fucking ever. I have the perfect seats and I got to sit next to this guy. And I did something that I've never done before. Rather than confront it, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to get away from this guy. We got six tickets and I just asked my buddies, you guys mind if I sit down there? Because my buddies, they have a better temperament than I do. And they're like, yeah, no problem, right? So I get down the other side, and my biggest buddy, all right, big fucking Irish dude, he goes, that guy's being a problem down there. I go, you know, he's harmless. I go, believe me, one of these fucking locals is going to handle him. And he goes, all right. And, you know, I'm watching the game, and all of a sudden, like, I don't see my buddy. And I look down, and he, and he had gone all the way down and sat where I sat and just started looking at him. <laughs> and the guy goes, why are you here? And my buddy looks at him. He goes, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> the guy completely imploded and moved two people over. And um, 
And that was kind of it. And then fortunately, you know, I actually bet uh, the Seahawks because, you know, me and Verzi are going head to head. And uh, I didn't realize, you know, you could tell Russell Wilson's figure is not healed because there was some throws that he made that, you know, I don't see him make. So uh, I didn't understand that. And um, Aaron Rodgers looked great. They both had two bad picks in the end zone. But other than that, it was a great defensive fucking game. It was fun watching that guy get shut down. He ended up touching the hat of some fucking, you know, Packer fan. And what the fuck did the guy say? He talked to him like a child. And this kid could just tell. He really was just like this passive-aggressive fucking pussy who wasn't going to do anything. And then everybody kind of realized that. And then the Packers, like, totally shut him out and just shut the guy down. Um, but I was really amazed with the patience and the friendliness of the uh, Packer fans. Just completely outclassed this guy. I don't think all Seattle fans are like this. But, like, this guy is unfortunately one of those guys that exists in every fan base. And it was just like... He was kind of fascinating. It was just like, you're at Lambeau Field. This is like where NFL football began. You're basically in the Yankee Stadium of the NFL. The most titles have been won here. NFL titles. Most titles, NFL titles were won here. Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, all of those guys. Nitsky, all of those great Nitsky, all of these guys played. Max McGee, you know. All of these guys fucking played here, and you're not even taking it in. He was acting like he was just at some fucking ESPN zone. I was really like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was really fucking bizarre. He did come by and hit me on the head. He did that little thing, and he hit me as he walked by, and I kind of, you know, I don't know. I just fucking pushed him. Stupid fucking 53 years old pushing somebody. Felt good, though. <laughs> <laughs> did feel good. Well, I've been going to the gym, you know. I can push a drunk if I want to, right? So other than that, it was amazing. They had a flyover. It was fucking snowing. It was a great game, great defensive game, which made sense, you know, the frozen tundra and all that shit. And then this old guy, I don't know who he was, looked like Chuck Yeager saying, God bless America. Uh, at some point, I think it was like halftime. And uh, he absolutely crushed it. And, um, oh, that was another thing that Seattle guy was doing. Like the national anthem was going on and he was riffing his own lyrics, sort of singing patriotic lyrics while saying Green Bay could eat a dick. And I was just like, ooh, <laughs> this is a support the troops area, buddy. You come from a city that big claim to fame is, is you know, Starbucks. Starbucks was started here. And after we throw... We catch the fish, we throw it to each other. You know what I mean? It's not exactly known for uh, fisticuffs. What do they do? They have New World Order fucking riots or some shit? I don't want any fucking problem with Seattle. I'm not going to take down the whole fucking city because of this fucking jerk off. But um, my buddy actually was telling me this theory that how they came up with the 12th man was because they were fucking their fans over so bad when fans realized that a large beer and a small beer or whatever. You know, they had one tall skinny cup and one big fat one, and someone finally emptied the short fat one and poured the big one in. It was the same amount of beer, and they were completely fucking over their own fan base. And I guess all the original lunatic fans from the kingdom said, fuck this, and they weren't coming around, so they had to fucking kiss their ass and create the 12th man. Um, and they bought into it. 
they bought into it. Uh, they also won a fucking Super Bowl, so I think it worked out for everybody. That's a weird way to get there, you know? Who the fuck made that move? Hey, let's fuck over our own fan base. Um, all right, so that's it. So uh, I had a great time. You know, that's how great Wisconsin is. I didn't get a milkshake. I didn't get a brat. I had one at the game that stunk, but that's what you get when you buy one at the game. And I didn't get to take a steam here at the hotel, but I still had a fucking awesome time and um, great shows. And it was just sort of a weird, weird thing, you know, three weirdos at shows and then the one fucking weirdo at the uh, at the fucking Packer game. But it was fun watching everybody just sort of shut the guy down. Uh, but I did see a bunch of other Seattle fans there that weren't acting like assholes. I saw one other guy acting that way, but that, you know, it is how it is. Okay, let's uh, let's read some um, some advertising here for the week. Uh, all right, what do we got here? Oh, look who it is, everybody! It's old Zip Recruiter. Uh, do you know that there are over ten million job openings, but only seven point six million unemployed job seekers? Yeah, what is going on with that? This is weird. We're coming out of a pandemic. You'd think that there'd be way more people needing jobs, but I don't know. I don't understand it, but this is the deal, and ZipRecruiter is the place to go, and this issue is being worsened due to a mismatch of employers and qualified talent. So employers are having to go above and beyond to entice people to want to work for them. If you can relate to any of these challenges of growing your team, then you need ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try Zip. Recruiter.com slash Burr. ZipRecruiter uses a powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the U.S. based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four to five. Employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, sorry I'm blowing through this. I got a fucking early flight tomorrow. Um, all right, what do we got here? Butcher box, everybody. Butcher box. You know, when it comes to meat, uh, that will be the centerpiece of your holiday meals. Quality matters. And when you invest in high quality meat from Butcher Box, the benefits go way beyond a great tasting meal. Butcher Box sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught Atlantic, uh, wild-caught salmon, and more. Uh, their source. Their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. I love having quality food options in the freezer. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Free shipping uh, for the continental United States. No antibiotics or hormones. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat. Ladies, depending on your box, you cho- on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. But your box is now is now is offering new members, sorry, $20 off and free bacon in your first box. The offer this offer is ending on November 21st, so get the deal before it's gone. Sign up at butcherbox.com/burr. That's butcherbox dot com slash burr to get free bacon and twenty dollars off your first box.
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Let's read some questions here. And then uh, we got to wrap it up here. All right. Mandalorian pinball machine. Hi, Bill. Hello from Australia. Hope you are well. Would love to see you tour here at some point in the near future. Uh, I would love to do it. Um, I got my Mandalorian pinball machine. Great game. Really enjoying it. You got one of those things? Those things seem really fucking cool. I just don't have any... I got the kids. I have no room for it. Uh, It's awesome to hear your call-outs in the game. I didn't know that happened. Puts a huge smile on my face every time. Hopefully, Stern, the maker, will send you one if they haven't already. They have not, and I'm not asking them to. I have no room for it. All right? And uh, I enjoy pinball, but I don't need one in my house. I don't play it to that level. (laughs) If I see one, I'll go play pinball, but I'm not like a, uh, a pinballer. Um, but you know, it takes up a lot of space, right? All right. Hey, pussy hater. Oh, Jesus. This might be from the ladies. Um, oh, Jesus. I went 0 and 4 in my picks this week after going 4 and 0. Hey, carrot, no top. I cannot believe your response to the lady whose boyfriend had a cat that meows loudly at night. Oh, I can't even remember what I said. Uh, You immediately put the blame on the dude and told her, fuck him and his cat. He's a piece of shit. Dump his ass. Well, yeah. They had been together for three months and every night the cat meows so loudly this person can't sleep. All right. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. Usually, even when you have a hot-headed reaction to something, you are able to stop yourself and think of it from the other side which is a big reason, big part of why I like your advice portion of the podcast. Well, thanks for the almost fucking compliment. Look at you putting yourself above me. Usually when you have a hot-headed reaction. Um, but here, you're 100% on the girl's side. Yeah, I'm on 100% on the side of letting somebody get a good night's sleep. Yeah, what kind of an asshole gets into a relationship if they have a cat that fucking meows all night long so loud that the person that they're with can't get any sleep? That'll literally drive somebody insane. Anyway, do you really not see why the guy might be hesitant to just get rid of something he loves so dearly? Uh, No, I just, you shouldn't fucking be living with somebody else. At some point you got, look, I love my pit bull dearly, but I knew it would eat my kids, so I gave it away. And I found someone that could fucking handle the dog, which he did until the dog passed away. (laughs) I don't understand this. I think you just like, you're one of these people that psycho loves animals. You know, maybe that's what it is. Do you ever think that? Maybe you're you're getting a little hot-headed here. Anyway, for a lot of people, they consider their pets to be like family. How about that chick gets some earmuffs or earplugs? Oh, fuck you. (laughs) there's a lot out there that work great oh you don't feel them when they're in your ears all right i wear earplugs all the time because my ears are shot you do feel them you do feel them in your fucking ears and i've even gotten those high-end ones for musicians and they end up not working after a while all right i mean i have to go home and listen to The whole fucking night, I have to get earplugs? I'm not the one screaming and yelling. Listen, if I was in a relationship and, a, and the person had a cat, 
And the whole time the cat was trying to sleep, I was going, hey, hey, hey. We can't yell too loud. I'm in the hotel. I would expect to be the one that gets, you know, I'm the problem. I'm going to be gone. Right? Anyways, let's get back to, uh, you know, seeing it from the cat's perspective. Um, some earmuffs. Somebody's going to wear earmuffs. Earmuffs, do you mean like, like earmuffs like your, your ears are cold? <laughs> I don't think that's the problem. You need something that gets rid of sound. Um, there's a lot out there that work great and you don't feel them when they're in your ears. That's not true. Or maybe shut the door and get a white noise machine that would drown out the sound a bit. Listen, I didn't say to get rid of the cat. I didn't say that. I said, get rid of the guy. And the cat goes with him. Get the fuck out of here. This is it. That is the tip of the fucking iceberg. If somebody's going to show up with something that just yells and make noise all night. uh, Yeah, I think maybe that you just, you're into animals and you don't really even understand human beings. How about that? All I know is if a girl said to me, it's me or your dog, I would show her the door 10 times out of 10. Well, that's fine. And you can keep your dog and you can jerk off. Was she supposed to sit there and deal with your dog growling at her or shitting in her slippers and still fuck you? I mean, who? uh, (laughs) Well, you know, there's these companies that make plastic, you know, booties that you can put on before you put your feet in your slippers in case there's dog shit in there. Uh, Maybe you're not a cat person or something, but it's a myth that they don't show affection. They can be every bit as lovable and as loyal as a dog. Well, I think the fact that you have to, to show that they're fucking awesome, you have to compare them to dogs, says a lot about cats. Um, yeah, I don't have any beef with cats. I don't have any beef with cats. If you have, there's a lot of cool cats out there that just sit in the windowsill. You know, they walk around your property and the rodents fucking, you know, they, they know not to come by there. It's like when you see an American flag and a Trump sign. No one's breaking into that house, Right. Same fucking thing. I like cats. I don't have any fucking problem with them. I don't want to fucking live in a one where one won't shut up the whole night. Shut the fuck up. We're all sleeping. All right? Or let the fucking thing out, whatever its problem is. Let it go run around and murder some shit, you know? All right. Anyway, he said, I, I li- like I said, I just literally can't believe you took her side so hard. Buddy, you just love cats. You just love cats. I get it. Without even considering what the guy might be might think about his girl telling him to get rid of something he clearly loves a lot. Um, he doesn't clearly love anything a lot. That's what you deduced from that because you're you're superimposing your love of cats and pets and that they're a part of the family. You're also thinking that I never had a pet and I don't know what that feels like. While all the while calling me hot-headed, like I have knee-jerk reactions to shit. You know, for the record, but I don't pre-read these either. So you know, there's going to be a lot of shooting from the hip here. Um, hope you revisit it at least. Have a great day and go fuck yourself. Hey, buddy, uh, I I don't plan on revisiting it. Like there was this was some bad moment in history. It's unbelievably fucking selfish to have a fucking pet that is keeping the other person in your life up and to do absolutely fucking nothing about it. 
and sell, you know, maybe you could get a sleep apnea mask and fucking, you know, duct tape it around the cat's fucking face. Why do I have to put something on the, on, on my girlfriend? All right. Fucking cat is living here rent free. It shits in the house. We take care of that. We feed it. We rub its fucking belly when it's in the mood. If it isn't, it tries to scratch us, you know, instead of just being like, hey, I, you know, I'm not into this. However, a cat would fucking communicate that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know something? I think you need to revisit it at least because nowhere in there did she ever say that this guy loves this cat more than love itself. All right? That was all shit that you put in there and you got all butthurt because you, you love your kitty cat, which I think is fantastic. And I think you should live with your kitty cat until it dies, God willing, 17, 18 years from now. And, uh, but I think if that cat is a cunt and you choose that cat over somebody else, uh, you don't deserve to have them. All right. I don't think that's fucking a hot-headed response. I don't know, but you know, I don't think I've reached your level of, of, you know, enlightenment. All right. Southern accents. (laughs) Did you ever think that maybe, just maybe... Maybe that cat saw action over in Iraq and has PTSD. I mean, how much of a backstory are you going to build for this fucking cat? All right, Southern accents. Now I'm going to have to listen to people talking about shelter animals. Uh, Southern accents. Hey, Billy the Kid Burr, on the topic of Southern accents and ignorance, I came across this pretty cool and quick explanation of where the different accents and drawls. Nothing else that's just appeared? You mean come from? The women in the video explains how the American Southern speakers are the only ones left who still sound like our ancestors. All right, is that a good thing? You mean the slave owners? (laughs) I mean, the people who exterminated uh, Indians. Uh, She explains that the first and second generations from Great Britain spoke in more of a British accent, but the kids of those parents began to develop an elongation in the way they talk. Well, then they they didn't. I mean, we initially came over here with, with the accents of whatever country we came from, right? The only ones who sound like our ancestors. I, I don't know about that. Um, the, women in, the woman in the video then shows the different accents from the various southern states. It's very interesting, and I thought you'd enjoy it. All right, I'll check that out, and I will, I will tweet out the link here. Um, Belgian listener... Trying to understand cancel culture. Oh, you owe it to yourself at some point to go to Belgium. Oh, you got to go there. And how seriously they take beer and every beer has its proper glass. It is just a fucking art form. Um, Man, if I ever go off the wagon, that's the place to be. Um, All right. Dear Bold Burr, uh, big fan of your work, humility, energy, well, talk to the cat person because they think I'm a fucking hothead and uh, yada, yada, yada. All right. I don't know. I don't know you. I know you don't read this shit anyway. All right. I'm reading it. You know, I'm going to therapy now. I'll take a compliment now. I'm living in Belgium. Come here someday. I, I did Antwerp one time. Brussels, and I saw Tommy Aldridge in the fucking uh, lobby. And I said, Tommy Aldridge. I knew he was tired from the fucking road. So he turned around like, hey. And I just said, 
thanks for all the great music. And I just walked away. Didn't ask for a picture, no autograph, no fucking nothing. But I got to talk to him, which was awesome. Brussels is full of Anglophones, close to the folks you get to meet in Scandinavian countries who all speak perfect English somehow. Um, well, let's not get crazy. They, don't, they, they speak English, I can understand. <laughs> let's not get crazy. Welcome to Sweden. Um, I must say, I struggle to get the whole cancel bullshit going on in the U.S. I know we have it here too, but as a sort of watered-down version of what you guys have. Once again, a great U.S. first to spread on the world. Thank you. I know. Sorry. I do get the idea. I do get the snowball process of it. Well, then there it is. Yeah, it all starts with a good idea. There's guys taking their dicks out at work. They're fucking raping women and they have no one to go to. And yeah, that and let's we should get rid of these guys. And then it becomes a moneymaker, both uh, with news organizations and, and these nonprofits, air quote, that fucking start up. And then, you know, it's no different than like when a hurricane happens and a bunch of people lose everything. Everybody else wants to help, Right. So what do they do? They fucking, you know, they uh, start sending money to these organizations that pop up and inevitably you end up finding some of them are bogus and people just keep the fucking money. And this, this stuff, this cancel culture, Me Too shit, unfortunately is no different. There's always going to be opportunists and uh, you're starting to see people use cancel culture now that they're educated on how the snowball works to try to just take somebody out who didn't even do anything, they just don't like his politics. And it is really fucking amazing to watch all of these people that are so-called progressives sit back and say nothing and just let it happen because they also don't like that person's politics. It's pretty sickening. Um, anyway, I do get the idea, he says, and I get the snowball process of it, yet every time I try to dig a bit into, it seems so disproportionate that I end up confused. Let me explain my confusion. On the recent Dave Chappelle thing, I see famous Americans like Joe Rogan, like Bill Maher, sort of jumping on the subject and trying to defend their fellow comedian. Yet whenever I see the actual attack, by which I mean the first outrage take and not the even lazier retweeters. Oh, the retweeters are worse. They just see the accusation and then they just write. And I'm surprised why. <laughs> you know, actions have consequences. You know, big surprise. And they don't know. They probably haven't even watched the clip. Anyway, I see some dude or chick with a rather low quality media platform, mediocre audience, which is what I meant by disproportionate. Yeah, they're the ones that get it going, I guess. I don't know. I, I try to ignore all of that shit. He goes, I'm not trying to make you say the obvious I know right. These untalented wannabe famous douche dick riding the easy train of lazy outrage to get some publicity. This seems very clear. Well, you actually just described most of media. Um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to look out there, a lot of video games to play, a lot of shit to stream. Every month there's people walking around going, oh my God, have you seen Squid Games? It's the greatest show ever. It's the greatest show since the greatest show a month ago. And everybody's got to stream it and get caught up. So I think news agencies, um, is that how you say it? News platforms, 
people getting in trouble gets clicks. So that's what it is. And then when a person defending themselves is, you know, somehow considered going against the narrative, so then they don't really cover that. So they just sort of become, you know, they get used to take people out. It's fucking gross. Uh, Anyway, what I don't get is what's the concrete basis of all this shit? Could you define the stages of cancellation for me? The example you brought with Norm MacDonald on his multiple hilarious SNL bits on OJ helped me a lot understanding his being kicked out of the show and also made me discover the guy a lot better. Thank you so much for this. The guy is now sitting on the top, on my top comedian list. That's awesome. Alongside your ginger ass, of course. Uh, There's a big gap between the two of us, but thank you. Hopefully you're more than likely real experience with this can shed a light on the subject and do come to Brussels. Don't make me go to London. These fuckers left the union. They don't deserve you. Also, out of religion and out of therapy, uh, good for you. Now it's time for Zen. Uh, fellow Buddhists here won't push his practice any further than this line. Um, I could get into that Buddhism. I still need a lot of therapy, though. You kind of got to work your shit out. I can't just be like, well, you know, I'm not going to worry about what I can't control. Zippity doo da, zippity day. Uh, dude, I can't explain cancel call. I can't ex- explain it to you. Um, I can't tell you that I am a lefty and I am uh, shocked at what people on the left are doing to other people with no trials or no nothing. And it has just gone so fucking beyond, so beyond, you know, the initial, you know, legit dirt bags that they were getting and now now what they do is they try to just you know dig up some sort of fucking something that can get you canceled they literally go out and try and find it um to get rid of you because they don't not not even because they want to stop whatever they're allegedly even happened if it even fucking happened they just don't like you and they're using <laughs> you know what i mean it's just fucking weird. They go, I, I hope somebody got raped so I can get rid of this person. It's like, wait, wait, you shouldn't be hoping that. The fuck, like, it's just, it's gone kind of bananas. And I think, uh, I don't think it's a lot of people that are doing it. And I just, I'm hoping, you know, I feel like there's just a bunch of people in the middle on the left and the right are just sitting there waiting for shit to settle down so they can poke their heads out again because everybody's trying to like not get in trouble. And uh, there's gotta be a way for the middle the rational people to be like, hey, can everybody just fucking settle down here? Like, what are we, everybody has a right to have an opinion. Everybody can say, you know, you know, can chime in just because they don't agree with you doesn't mean you now have to fucking try to end their ability to, uh, you know, earn a living. <laughs> I mean, does any of that sound crazy? It's fucking, it's fucking bananas. Um, anyway, girlfriend wants to paint my toenails. Oh, Jesus Yeah, go, go go fucking buy a doll. Hey, Billy One Punch, I've been with my girlfriend for about six months now. I'm 32, she's 30. She's great. We've been getting along well. I've met some of her friends, and we both spent many nights at each other's apartments. I got a couple of tattoos, but she has a lot of very big ones and plans for more. Uh, she also has gauged ears. I'm imagining that's when you stick like the washer in your ear. 
and a septum piercing. That's the nose, deviated septum. Yeah, okay, this is all fine, and I find her very attractive. I'm just trying to get her personality across. Most of her belongings are unique heirlooms or just out there like decorative animal skulls or gemstones. I just want your opinion on this thing she keeps bringing up. She wants to paint my toenails. I said, no. She said, why not? No one will see. Are you so out of touch with your feminine side that you can't get your nails done in a hidden place? Well, that's an easy answer. You just say yes. (laughs) Or you just say, um, are you so up your ass about what you want to do to me that you can't hear me saying no? I would just make a joke out of it. Be like, no means no. You know? What, what, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to give it up to women. I mean, they are just the best manipulators. Can I paint your toenails? No. I mean, no means no. Isn't that what they say? Why not? No one will see. Are you so out of touch with your feminine side that you can't get your nails done in a hidden place? Well, you know, I'm not a woman. Isn't that a good thing? Do you want me to have a big feminine side? Aren't I supposed to balance you out? You know, I mean, you want to go to fucking brunch and go get a, go get a fucking bun cake? I don't give a shit. <laughs> she goes, I like the way she does these odd sort of things, but it makes me feel weird having it done to me. I feel I show enough femininity towards her in our texts and Snapchats. Why do you have to show that towards her? It's because feminists are control, uh, controlling the narrative. And if you don't fucking do shit like this, they automatically think, you know, that means you're a toxic male. You know, I don't know. I think she'll respect you more if you just stand your ground. And it's just as long as you're being a good guy, you're not calling her a cunt and you're taking her out to dinner. Like, I don't think that you, <laughs> I don't think that, you know, it's, you know, she does, you know, don't fucking paint my toenails if you don't mind. Um, Anyways, does she want me to go through my routines with this paint on so she can think about how I'm being reminded of her? What? Is she trying to mark me? Wait, I missed something here. I I like the way she does all these odd sort of things, but it makes me feel weird having it done to me. I think you should honor that. You should honor that emotion. Just use what they do. You know, you're not honoring my feelings. You're not making me feel safe. That's what I would do. I would just say, you're not making my toes feel safe right now. I feel I show enough feminine towards in our text and Snapchat. Is she trying to mark me? See, that's your paranoid. They'll do all of that. Does she want me to go through my routines with this paint on so she can think about how I'm being reminded of her? Or am I being too defensive about this whole thing and it's just some fun? Um... Listen, it could be fun if that's what you want to do, but if you don't want to do it and then you do this, like, I don't know. This just seems like this this new chatter out there that this is a balanced relationship, that you as a man just always do what she wants to do and that shows that you're a strong man and that you're in touch with your feminine side. And fuck that. Fuck that, all right? If you're a good guy and you're treating her right, Okay, there's going to be some things that she wants to do and you're going to want to do them. And then there's going to be some things that she's going to want to do and you're not going to want to do them. And that's all right. Let me ask you this. If you said something to her, can I do this? And she said, no, would you still be fucking asking? 
you know, maybe she needs to get more in touch with her masculinity side. <laughs> anyway, um, she, he goes, it hasn't happened yet, but she's brought it up a few times. Do I go, go along with it or shut the idea down for good and see how she takes it? Thanks and go fuck yourself. Uh, I don't think this is about her. This is about you. All right. This, this, a relationship should not make, be made a make a break on this. And if this is something you don't want to do, then don't fucking do it. That's it. Um, yeah. Why does she want to do it? You know, don't even do that because then you're back in the conversation and they'll just fucking wear you down. And then you'll actually have to have that conversation. And, you, you know, one day when you're in a fight, you know, I fucking bring in the trash barrels. I pay my half of the mortgage. You know, I let you paint my fucking toenails. And your fucking neighbor's head swivel around. Um, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I think that's a very dangerous way that men are starting to think. I've noticed with a lot of you younger people writing in, um, a woman asks you to do something in a relationship and you don't want to do it. And then you immediately question yourself like, wait a minute, am I being toxic? Am I not being enough in touch with my feminine side? And let me ask you this. Do they ask that question? Uh, is there any sort of social pressure for them to ask that question? I guess they have that. Am I pretty enough? Are my tits high enough? You know? I don't know. But don't they kind of put that on themselves? I don't understand. <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Most of us are happy if you just bang us. You know, I think that's all it is. I, I, I don't think you should have to go through the fucking, the clown makeup on your toes if that's something you want to do. But like, uh, I, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, you, you roll with most of the shit, you know, that they want to do. Because if you don't, they're going to pout. And you have to, de now you got another kid you have to fucking deal with, right? So you just go with that shit. But then there are certain things you just got to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Why? What are you, what are you afraid of? Uh, I'm not afraid of anything. You just asked me if I wanted to do something. I said, no. Why is it so difficult for you to hear me? You just, it's kind of fun. You just go right back at them like that. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I wish I could just fucking... Remember in Ghost, when Patrick Swayze would go into, you know, Whoopi? I wish I could do that with some of you guys and just fucking have the conversation. I could have it done in three minutes. I'm not saying when I walked out of you that they wouldn't be a little pissed, more pissed than they were three minutes ago, but these are really easy fucking things. The handles are a good exercise and you should go out and go do it. So that's it. And ladies, if you're listening, if you're asking a guy to do some shit and he doesn't want to do it, well, you fucking lay off every once in a while. You know, we're still going to give in to 90% of your bullshit. And I think, you know, can't you live with that? All right. It's the holiday season, everybody. Don't skip over Thanksgiving. That's it. Go fuck yourselves and I'll check in on you uh, on Thursday.